0: So the challenges are two in terms of biodiversity. One is reviving the agrobiodiversity. The other is to look at a landscape. They've really been at the forefront of what we call the green revolution. It did succeed in making food available for everyone, but it came as a cost. When you're looking at nature-based farming, it's more sustainable with significantly less chemical inputs. Many of them are actually traditional agriculture techniques that are being brought back.
1: Hello and welcome to this mini-series by Global Landscapes Forum, where we'll be learning about five transformative projects in the Food Systems, Land Use and Restoration Impact Program. I'm Eden Flaherty with Global Landscapes Forum, and I'm here with Seema Bhatt, a biodiversity expert for FAO India. Thank you very much for joining me today. To begin with, India is the world's largest rice exporter. However, with this, there's significant environmental and sustainability challenges. Can you tell us a bit about what these look like and how they relate to agricultural production?
0: Okay, I'll deal with both rice and wheat, because that's the focus, the two commodities. You see, what happened was that once India got its independence in 1947, the main focus was food for all, basically, you know, so the entire focus was on food production, which we achieved very successfully, but it came with an environmental cost. So, one of the landscapes that we are looking at in Folur is the Punjab and Haryana, the two states which are the largest growers of wheat and rice, and suppliers to the country. They've really been at the forefront of what we call the Green Revolution. Mm-hmm. It's been called, and because that is what it was, and it, it did succeed in making food available for everyone, but as you said, it came as a cost. And so there was the groundwater depletion. There was a significant input of chemical fertilizers and pesticides. So those were the basically the key environmental impacts. Mm-hmm.
1: And what are some of the current policies, programs, and practices that are in place to tackle these issues? And how will the falor program fit into these?
0: There's been a lot. I mean, even in terms of policy, you know, there has been uh, very focused on looking at natural farming. The Prime Minister has launched several schemes which are looking at promoting more sustainable agriculture. And so that is something which is changing across the country.
1: And what are some of the challenges you expect when attempting to transition from resource-intensive rice-wheat cropping to healthier ecosystems?
0: Well, I mean, the main challenge is that a farmer who's growing wheat and rice, as they have been, they need just the same kind of returns, you know, if you're looking at sustainable agriculture. And, uh, you know, there is a a growing realization. But the the big challenge is going to be how we look at this whole conversion. So we are also looking at crop diversification. That is one of the strategies. That is one landscape. But we do have another landscape, which is very different, which is more uh, rain fed which has a very significant population of indigenous communities, and also a significant amount of agro biodiversity, uh, which means there are many, many traditional rice varieties. And so a focus will be slightly different in that landscape.
1: I'm just gonna pick up on something you said there, which is one of the landscapes includes many indigenous peoples. Have you got a specific strategy for working with them?
0: Yes, we do. In fact, one of the things that we did in the development phase was to do a strategy of indigenous peoples and look at their existing lifestyles, how best you can incorporate it. We will also do a free prior informed consent exercise before we start the project because there is a significant amount of indigenous communities.
1: Are there any examples of more sustainable food production or value chains in India that, you, that jump out at you that you'd like to mention?
0: I mean, there, there are many, you know, uh, the big challenge when you come to these examples is scaling up. Mm-hmm. You see, there are they're very local specific, but there are many. And there are actually states in India that have de- been declared organic. So it's an interesting time in the country to see that there are many uh, interesting initiatives. I wouldn't talk about one in specific because I said there are many, mm-hmm. but there are quite a few states in India that are now looking towards organic agriculture or what they call nature-based farming.
1: Could you maybe just tell us how that looks in practice?
0: When you're looking at nature-based farming, it's uh, more sustainable with significantly less chemical inputs. Many of them are actually traditional agriculture techniques that are being brought back, you know. But now the point is that trying to incorporate them into the present model. Mm-hmm. When you come to organic, then it's also a whole issue about certification. Mm-hmm. And then of course you go into the value chain and finally what is available in the market. And so there is a growing demand and there's a growing market for this now. Mm-hmm.
1: Which actually takes us quite nicely onto the next point, which is one of the project aims is to work with both the private sector and the public sector. How do you plan on engaging all of these different stakeholders as you move forwards?
0: Yeah, we've also we've actually from the very beginning, from the design of the project, the WBCSD has been involved with us and there are other local private sector agencies. Particularly in Punjab and Haryana, there is a a fair bit of private sector involvement. But the issue is to get them involved more in the entire value chain and what we call the green value chain, which is a more sort of sustainable kind of value chain with sustainable products. So this again comes with certification. And that is where we really would like to see a larger involvement of the private sector.
1: I understand that uh, as part of the project, you also have a gender strategy. Could you maybe tell me a little bit more about that? Yes.
0: Again, two very different landscapes. We are looking at Punjab Haryana where women have been part of the agriculture, but um, it's always better to have. So we have attempted to, uh, we will be having separate sort of uh, meetings and, you know, develop the strategy in much more detail with the women farmers and what they think and how best we can. But culturally, it's a very different landscape as opposed to the other one, which is Odisha and Chhattisgarh, which has lot of more marginal communities, small landholding farmers, indigenous communities. So that again will be a very, very different kind of strategy on how we will look at the whole focus on gender.
1: When looking or talking about biodiversity in agriculture, it's often seen as something that needs to be, you know, is a cost. It's an extra thing. that's a challenge within agriculture. Have you got any examples of where or how biodiversity is actually necessary for robust, sustainable agricultural systems?
0: Yeah, you see, you, know, you can look at biodiversity in two. One is what I had mentioned earlier was the biodiversity, which is actually reviving many of the traditional varieties. And in the other landscape that I mentioned, the Chhattisgarh Orissa, there are many traditional rice varieties that need to be brought back. They are very close to the culture of people there also. So, you are trying to incorporate the whole sort of ethno-biodiversity angle to it. But then there is also the other biodiversity, which is kind of the forest biodiversity, again in this landscape which is, you know, agriculture interspersed with forests and how do you bring that, how do you kind of work on that interface and because definitely where there are different kinds of habitats, you'll have more biodiversity. So the challenges are two in terms of biodiversity, one is reviving the agrobiodiversity, the other is to look at a landscape, Mm -hmm. which is, uh, you know, agriculture interspersed with say forest land and wetlands and how do you kind of look at, so our Our big thrust of the project is how do you actually look at a landscape
1: level approach and planning. Is there anything else you'd like to mention about the project or anything from a broader?
0: Well, I mean, we're just beginning and we're really excited about the whole thing. And I think this meeting has been really very useful because, you know, specifically because we are starting out. And so I think we can use some of the tools, but it's also very different. It's going to be a very local specific Context. So it's going to come with its challenges, but we look forward to it.